Hey, it's Kevin O'Connor. I've got some big news for you. The Mismatch is hosting its first ever live show in Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater on March 6th. Me and Chris Vernon are going to be there. I'm fired up about it. At the El Rey Theater, there's been performers like Bob Dylan and Kendrick Lamar and Rage Against the Machine and Licky Lee. I'm fired up. Get to be on that stage with my guy, Chris Vernon. We've been together since 2016 doing NBA podcasts, and now we're going to get to meet a lot of you who have listened to our show for so many years. We'll do a Q&A at the end. We might have some special guests, but we're definitely going to be talking basketball. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Tickets are going fast, though, so be sure to head to com to get your tickets now. Doors are going to open at 7 p.m., and the show is going to be starting right at 8 o'clock. Let's go, baby. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday edition of East Coast Bias. It is the final East Coast Bias for the month of February. Hallelujah for that. Raheem Palmer, Joe House, amigos. How we doing on this fine day? Slushy New York City. Uh, I don't know how the weather is for you in Philadelphia, House. You always get good weather. What else is new? But what's up, boys? What's shaking? Well, life is good. I mean, we haven't had a real winter out here in Philadelphia. Um, You know, when I came back from Vegas to Philadelphia, I was worried that it was going to be super cold and super wintry and a lot of snow. And we haven't had that. So that's been a blessing. Yeah, I will say the only bummer is with the weather being good, and it's been spectacular in, in the D.C. area. I mean, we basically stole winter. Uh, we, we had the same kind of experience as what Dream is describing. But it makes me want to be outside. So I'm missing out. This is the time right now is the money making moment in the NBA. This stretch run where you truly know who the bums are, where the tanks coming from, and you can start, you know, building up some, some cards and and getting a little bit on the plus side of profit down this stretch run. Uh, I just want to be outside. I want to go chip and putt JJ. I don't want to be in watching a whole day's worth of Sunday NBA games. Although I did it this past Sunday and it was awesome. Like, Welcome back, NBA. They all come back from the All-Star break. They're like, yo, we're, we're ready to ball. Let's just go ball. And the games were, were, for the most part, awesome. There were some really, really good games. And one of the big narratives and takeaways from the weekend was the Los Angeles Lakers, right? They had this big win against the Dallas Mavericks. They're a team, it felt like, that was trending in the right direction. Uh, all the talk, if you listened or you watched any of those dopey Monday shows, it's all can. Can the Lakers go on a run in the Western Conference? Can the Lakers go and make noise in the postseason? So I figured come Tuesday, we'd be talking about Laker playoff odds. We'd be talking about Laker title odds. We'd be talking about Laker conference odds. All that good stuff. 
Well, that goes out the window when you find out that LeBron James' house is going to be out now for a couple of weeks. You and many others maybe wanted to start sipping that Laker Kool-Aid a little bit. I think it's fair to say now, LeBron out for the next couple of weeks. We can forget about that. JJ, I was on one of those dopey shows. I went on with the Podfather no, we don't count. Sunday we don't, no, night. No, 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 no. See, I got to stop you right there. We don't count <laughs> the Podfather Sunday special oh, okay. in the dopey Monday TV cycle dopey show. All right. Conglomerate. Whew. You know, we don't do that. That, that, yeah. that makes me feel better. But I did make a fairly impassioned argument for why I thought the Lakers were very well positioned. And, and I honestly preferred the Lakers situation to the Warriors situation. I like, I thought that they had a legit run. It's over. I mean, it, LeBron missing really any me meaningful time. And it looks like it's going to be a lot of meaningful time. It's done there. There it's asking too much, notwithstanding the roster reconstruction, the reconfiguration, finally a roster that makes sense. And we saw beast mode for about, I don't know, eight and a half minutes out of uh, Anthony Davis and that version of Anthony Davis I mean, I, I went ahead when he was on the, his run the first part of the season. I speculated in the MVP market. He was available at 16 to 1 because of the string of double doubles and the 40 point, 20 rebound kind of a reminder of who he is. But it's just asking too much. You're not going to get 20 games of, of that version of, of Anthony Davis. D'Angelo Russell, who knows when he's going to come back, whether he'll be at full strength. I don't even know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. We don't know anything about the chemistry of this team. We know that this Lakers roster makes more sense now, but without LeBron, it's 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 donezo, right? Right, right, Dream? Yeah, I mean, they're in a really tough spot. It's a shame because, I mean, all last week and the week before, I've been giving out the Lakers to make the postseason. Um, and you see the no has moved to minus 290 at FanDuel. I mean, when you look at the Lakers without LeBron James, they're five and nine straight up and just four, eight, and two against the spread. Um, however, you know, with Anthony Davis, the Lakers are four and five straight up and three, five, and one against the spread. So, I mean, I don't have much faith in Anthony Davis to put the team on his back, but when you look at the roster around him, I mean, they're kind of built to weather the storm, but I mean, right now, you're looking at a team that's in 12th place, and the one thing that's going to kind of give me pause about the Lakers missing the postseason is the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans are sitting in 10th place right now. And they're 30 and, and, and 32, and they're struggling. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, they look dead as fried chicken right now. They've lost four straight games. It looked like there's some real chemistry issues there. So I guess the question I pose for you guys is when you look at, and I, I know LeBron, I know the Lakers don't have LeBron James. You look at these, these teams, you look at the Golden State Warriors, you look at the New Orleans Pelicans. Do you think those two teams are going to make the postseason? Because I could see either one of those teams falling out and the Lakers still finding a way in. Yeah, I'm with you on New Orleans possibly falling out. I totally get that. I keep an eye on, crazily enough, Oklahoma City guys. They're only a game back of that New Orleans-Portland duo. They're a half game back of the Lakers. They have young ascending talent. They're not one of those house we like to term tanking teams because they have guys that give a shit. You know, yeah. Giddy gives a shit. SGA gives a shit. These are guys that are ascending. Now, listen, I, I don't think they're winning the plan for what it's worth. I still think they're way too inexperienced. But that's a team I have my eye on 
as far as maybe stealing one of those potential spots. And listen, the Lakers, Raheem, to your point, I would have been in on making the playoffs. They have versatility, it looked like, all of a sudden. It looked like they had a couple of different ways to beat you. I, I, I don't know how, how they weather that storm without LeBron James. Now, I haven't gone through their schedule yet. I don't want to go through the win-loss, win-loss. But if you tell me LeBron is out for the next three weeks, I just don't know how they're going to play a high enough level of basketball to find their way into the mix. I think somebody else will find a way there, if that's the way to look at it. Yeah, JJ, I, I did look a little bit at their schedule. They have It's a pretty favorable schedule, you know, by some metric. It's, you know, kind of in the in the top 10 easiest through this this stretch run. But I want to touch on on Oklahoma City. They they pissed me off. I mean, huh. I, I was right there with with the narrative that you're describing. I like that team, and they they have been, uh, you know, really since the beginning of, of the new year on an offensive tear. I mean, they they've been one of the very best teams offensive efficiency wise. They're dynamic. It's really fun to watch. But when they start doing stuff like the SGA missed the last two games with ankle soreness, come on, like uh, Oklahoma City. You you have deliberately and successfully tanked, built up assets. You know, you have a wonderful cachet of options in front of how you build the team. Chet's going to be on this team next year. You're sitting on the brink of the playoffs. You're really not going to, at this stage, lose enough games for it to make a material difference in terms of the quality of the pick that you're going to get. Go play. Try and try and make it in the effing playoffs. And Amen so to that. I totally agree. Yeah, totally. Agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, th- that was very. Fr- and then the, the crazy thing is, you have like, like they're coming out of All Star break. You just had a week off. SGA made his first All Star appearance, and then he comes out, plays one game, and then they decide, oh yeah, we're just gonna rest this guy. Like, what? Like, what are you doing? Th- th- this is you. Know, this, you walk me right into my second rant that I had prepared today, which is I have to call Fugazi on on Dame's seventy one. That, that, oh, you call him Fugazi on that. Okay. I cannot Ooh. I cannot emphasize how much bullshit I believe that whole situation was. Speaking of teams coming off the All-Star break, they had a game in Sacramento. They had this weather situation trying to get from Portland to Sacramento. It was a blizzard. They sat on the runway. Uh, they, they had to go home ultimately. They made it down there in short order and then went and played. Portland rested. Dame Lillard and Jeremy Grant, and they already had Nurkic and Anthony Simons out uh, going into that game. Can you, can some human being explain to me how or why it is that Dame Lillard and Jeremy Grant couldn't go play in Sacramento? And the, my, here's my issue. You know who would have enjoyed seeing Dame Lillard? The good fans who paid hard-ass money in Sacramento to see Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's been one of the best offensive players over the last two months. The string of 40-point games, the incandescent three-point shooting, it's a joy to watch. It's the only reason to go watch Portland. It's, it's, it's Dame time. And what, what they do is they sit his ass out uh, for whatever reason. I don't have a, good, a, a single good explanation. And he shows up at home against sorry-ass Houston and drops 71 on him. That's trifling. That's trifling, Dream. I, I, I won't tolerate it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, at the end of the day, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna low manage your guys, you need to low manage them at home. I mean, you have 41 home games to be able to low manage the guys, but I mean, like some of these places, you're only gonna see them one or two times. So I mean, there's no excuse, especially coming out of the all-star break. And I know, you know, they had some some issues with you know the weather and the travel, but 
why not just cancel the game? If like if Dame and, and, and Jeremy Grant can't play, why can everybody else play? Like at the end of the day, this league is carried by a couple of stars. When you go to all of these arenas, people come to see the stars. Like nobody's coming to see um Matisse or you know, like Bingo, Nas you have Reed tickets or, to go and, see Portland, you're fired up to see Lillard. Bottom line. That's it. Yeah. You have tickets for Portland in whatever your city of choice may be. Hey, seeing Dame Time tonight. Let's see if Dame Time can do something against my particular team. That's a problem for the NBA. That and I don't want to sound like the old man yelling at a cloud house. That is a big <laughs> that problem. That was me. For the NBA. I did it. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm joining you. I- I'm joining you. That's a big problem. The one the one thing I will say is, you know, um, Shouts to Nate Jones, Jones on the NBA on Twitter. He he made a good point. It's the teams that are forcing these players into these situations. Yeah, I get that. And for sure. The players sure. are taking all the blame. So we want to make sure we put the proper blame on where it's due. I mean, you have these teams with all these analytics departments and data has taken over and it's telling these players not to play these games. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the team's got to do something. I wanted to throw this out there as we're going through a bunch of these Western Conference teams. House, they have been weird all year. But now the Warriors, with this LeBron news, I don't know if it's factoring it in, whatever the case may be. Big win over the Timberwolves the other night. What a meltdown by Minnesota, might I add. Minus 320 Warriors to make the playoffs. You starting uh, starting to see maybe some signs of life here? Or do you kind of look at it and say, eh, taking advantage of a uh, porous bottom of the Western Conference and they're just going to find a way? Oh, I, I think they're going to find a way. I, the the last forty eight hours produced two very significant um, results, turn of events as it relates to the Warriors. The first one for them, you know, in, the, in their own fortunes, uh, Draymond's knee got the the MRI was clean, yeah. so you know he, he he's listed as questionable for tonight, but he unexpectedly was missing games over the weekend, and they were concerned enough to have him go go take an MRI. Monday morning, the MRI came back clean. So that's a little bit of a, a, a good break for them, for a team that I, when I was on with the pod father, Bill Simmons, I said I, that to me, it looks like the Warriors are snake bit. They can't catch a break. But um, the other thing that happened is, of course, you know, uh, LeBron's injury. So I, I think they're well enough positioned to just grind over this, this next 20 some games and catch, you know, I, I don't see any of the six teams ahead of them dropping down um, and I don't see a winning streak in front of them based on what their schedule looks like where they're going to rip off, you know, uh, they're going to go 14 and six or, or 15 and five kind of thing, but they, they're certainly in position. I, I think that they, they can, because of, of how uh, tight five through seven is between the Clippers, Mavericks and Warriors. Um, they have every incentive in the world to try and not have to be in the play in. But if I had to, between the Clippers, Mavericks, and Warriors, circle a team that I think is going to end up in the seventh spot and play in the play-in, it's the Warriors. And, you know, part of the thing with them, the challenge they have, Wiggins is out indefinitely. He has a family, a serious family matter going on, and there is no timetable for his return. And Steph is still, you know, into next week. We're looking at at the first week of March uh, as the earliest potential return for him. So they just need to keep grinding and, and, you know, uh, they've asked the most they've asked all season long of Clay Thompson. He's been up to the challenge, but, you know, um, this is the dude off of two significant uh, leg injuries. How many minutes is it fair to ask of him? So I, I, 
they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I believe. Um, I think they'll they'll be in the play-in situation, and I think that they'll do what they need to do to get into the playoffs. But uh, I think it's going to be a grind. Yeah, this this is really tough for me. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's just when you look at this Warriors team, it's just they're struggling on the road. And when you're struggling on the road, I mean, there's no guarantee of, <laughs> of being able to, to get anywhere. Um, I just think that number at minus 320, that's a little high. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and, I mean, we don't know when Steph Curry is going to come back. But, I mean, you look at these next three games – None of these games are guaranteed. You got the, the Blazers, you got the Clippers, you got the Pelicans. And I know the Pelicans have been struggling. You, you still got the Lakers with LeBron James, but you got a tough schedule. You got Oklahoma City, you got Memphis, you got the Bucks, you got the Suns, you got the Clippers. Those are all losable games. So I don't know if I would be laying the minus 320 on the Golden State Warriors to make the postseason. Um, I think you want to hold here. Um, I was kind of giving out the, the Warriors to miss the postseason. Um, of course, LeBron getting hurt kind of kind of changed that a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too high on them. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, it's pretty crazy. And Raheem, you're gonna love this because you've been down on this team all year. Warriors mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies. If you look at the title odds, the Warriors have better title odds than the Memphis Grizzlies. Does that tell you all you need to know about Memphis? I mean, does that not tell you wow. all you need to know? Golden State's at 17 to 1. Memphis is at 18 to 1. Enough said. House, don't tell your friends in Memphis when you go in a few weeks that uh, <laughs> that East Coast bias is down on the Grizzlies. We don't want tomatoes thrown our way if we have a step foot in that city. I mean, I, I love Central Barbecue and I, I love Gus's fried chicken, but I mean, me and House have spoken at length about their half court offense and their inability to score when they're not creating turnovers and they're not getting offensive rebounds. So I think the market is pricing that in at this point. Yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of surprised by that, um, just because of of the Warrior situation and and the tough road that's in front of them. Um, the Grizzlies at least have an answer to the question on the horizon, and that's the return of Stephen Adams. Now it's crazy, like constitution wise, that that team is ends up being so dependent on Stephen Adams to provide order to them. And and the the combination of his sort of defensive presence, his uh, uh, you know a- ability to dissipate, diminish the sort of chaos that they find themselves in 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 the half court. I mean, I I still he, it will be interesting as he works his way back in how those fourth quarter minutes are allocated and what style of offense because we've seen Triple J uh, a bunch and the thing that is so concerning with the Grizzlies is. In that last six minutes, they start doing hero ball. It's they take turns on on hero ball shots. It's Jaw driving and going to one on three. It's it's Triple J, you know, with a shot that that's off balance and and out of cadence. That's got to change. And maybe Stephen Adams is the you know the ointment for that wound. But we I, I, we need need we need to see it a little bit over these last twenty games. Boys, let's take a quick break. And then we're getting one of the hottest teams in the NBA. And you notice that I am perking up that much more as I I, I (laughs) think about my New York Knickerbockers. Big win over the Podfather Celtics last night. Can they win a playoff series? That's coming up next. All right. I'm getting delirious, guys, about my Knickerbockers. They haven't lost since the Josh Hart trade. Uh, They had the best month of February in franchise history in about 40 years, which is... It is rather insane. It just speaks to the ineptitude of the franchise. But 
listen, House, I'm at a point now where I know what the Knicks are. They're getting high-level play out of Brunson. They're getting high-level play out of Randall. They kind of have guys like Hart and Quickly who know their roles. They've not gotten a great year out of Barrett, but I think they're going to avoid that plan. I do. I know they got a West Coast trip coming up. I think they have a puncher's chance to win a first-round series. Now, let me preface this. They would not beat the Celtics. They would not beat the Bucs. I don't think they would beat the Sixers. But if you tell me right now the Knickerbockers are going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I know what the narrative would be. Donovan Mitchell, the team that wanted Donovan Mitchell. You didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett to get him. And my crazy house, maybe this is my Nick Delirium coming in. Maybe I'm just sipping way too much orange and blue Kool-Aid. But I told you guys when we did that midseason pod, they're hitting that number. They're going to be out of the plan. Can the Knicks, if they play the Cavs, win a first-round series? I ask you. So, JJ, I honestly think the path to what you're describing begins with this crucial stretch over these next 20 games. They have a better-than-puncher's chance to catch the Cavs, right? And so right now, the Cavs are in the fourth spot, and the Knicks are in the fifth spot, and they're two-and-a-half games behind in in the loss column. The Knicks' best pathway to me to winning a first-round series is A, to play Cleveland, and B, to have home court advantage. And, you know, that that we will have a lot of information by this time next week because they're home against Brooklyn tomorrow. Then they go down to Miami on Friday, and then they're at Boston on Sunday. So it feels to me like they got to win two out of those three to, to keep, you know, within arm's reach of, of Cleveland. But if we're sitting here this time next week and they've won those two out of three and, you know, the, 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 the Cavs still have uh, a, a, a tough road in front of them, that their own selves a little bit. And, you know, we've seen kind of mixed results out of them. Their defense hasn't been quite as uh, efficient as, as it had been over the course of the season. I, I, look, man, I, 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 anything is possible. Let's quote the great philosopher Kevin Garnett, JJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team, I mean, I think they've slipped a little bit. They, they've obviously struggled at the end of games. Um, they've had some weird, weird issues with Donovan Mitchell and, you know, Darius Garland in terms of, you know, just closing these games out. So I think the way the Knicks are playing since they got Josh Hart, I do think that they're live in this postseason series um, if they were to play. Um It'd be interesting to see it happen. So I'm taking a flyer. I don't think he's going to win the award, but he's been playing out of his mind recently. Quickly is kind of rising up the ranks, guys, for that six-man-of-the-year conversation, and he continues to get big minutes for them. House, I'm not saying he's going to win the award because there are a bunch of candidates that are way ahead of him. Brogdon's way ahead of him. I want to say Powell is way ahead of him. But, like, that is a ticket. I was seeing him at around, like, 15-1. to like a few weeks ago, that has kind of come down a little bit. Am I crazy to get in on the Emmanuel quickly six man of the year award? Or is that just a, a full fledged lottery ticket for me? That's that's a little bit of that New York echo chamber. Uh, Fair would, enough. Be my, be, would be my Fair fear. Enough. Yeah. I saw the number. It looked too good to be true. So I, I fired a few, uh, I mean, few shekels. It's on actually it. better. It's, the number is actually better than what you said. I mean, if FanDuel has it at 42 to one, I mean, he's right behind Russell Westbrook, Bobby Portis, Tyrese Maxey, Norman Powell and, and Malcolm Brogdon, who's at minus 210. So I do think that is I mean, you're kind of setting money on fire at this point. 
Hey, listen, I like to do that from time to time. I like to do that from time <laughs> to time. Uh, who, do, who, do we th- who do you like to win that award? Brogdon? Yeah, I, I think Brogdon has it locked. I mean, I think the market is telling you that. Um, you know, I like Norman Powell, but unfortunately, he's playing on a Clippers team who just added Russell Westbrook and added Eric Gordon. And this Clippers team, they almost have too many guards. And I, I'm just not sure that, you know, Ty Lue is going to play the right guards. I think Tyrese Maxey, he had a monster game last night. But, I mean, as a whole, he's been struggling. So, I think Brogdon is the guy at this point. And I'm going to keep playing overs on these quickly point totals. They're way too low, guys. They set them way too low every single game. Like, when they have us at FanDuel doing our, like, Friday night Knicks SGPs, I've been throwing in quickly. Boom. Give me 15. He's been he's been red hot. And he's playing closing time for the Knickerbockers at the end of these games. House, Atlanta. They hire Quinn Snyder. They walk it off against Brooklyn the other night. Is that a team that you think can figure it out over the next few weeks to become a factor that could maybe work themselves into the top eight? Because you've seen Brooklyn come back to the pack a little bit here, you know, and you had to expect that. There's a lot of moving parts with that roster. It's been a weird, chaotic year for them. The schedule's gotten a lot tougher. So Brooklyn has kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Miami, waiting for them to make their move. Can you see a team like Atlanta with a guy like Quinn Snyder, who is a terrific NBA head coach, maybe get a little bit more out of this team? Yeah, JJ, that's the expectation I have for Atlanta. I have them making the playoffs. They're going to be in the play-in. I don't think they're going to win enough games to jump over, although uh, Brooklyn is definitely falling. Brooklyn's going to end up in the the play-in, but I have Miami basically uh, flipping spots with them. I do think Atlanta... On a talent basis, you know, it's been a mystery for us all year. We've we've been trying to figure out how or why it is that they're a 500 team, and it's the inconsistency on the defensive side. It's been a problem for the last, you know, two years, really. And whatever's uh, friction between Trey and, and, and Nate McMillan, you know, they, they've resolved that. So on a talent basis, the way that Atlanta, I think, salvages their season is they make the playoffs and then they go get their asses handed to them by either Milwaukee or, or, or Boston. Um, but it will end up being a kind of success because my expectation is that they'll settle down, that Quinn will help them settle down, and they'll they'll uh, identify some offensive efficiency that they've been missing, and that they'll go on a little run, and we'll say, oh, look what they finished the season, you know, thirteen and seven or twelve and eight or something positive. They made the playoffs. They they were you know they won their play in. They made the playoffs. And then they got wiped in the first round, but it was respectable. Trey on the national stage. I mean, I still think uh, on balance, we want Trey Young in the playoffs because he was such a good villain. We all remember what, what he did against the Knicks a couple of years ago. On balance, it's better for Trey Young to be on a marquee stage, you know, playing that that role. And, and you know, who, who knows? They might catch a little lightning. They ain't beating the Bucks or the Celtics, but maybe it'll be interesting to watch those games. Yeah, I, I do think the Hawks are live to make the play the postseason. Um, you know, the biggest issue I've had with this Hawks team all year is that their offense has been a complete mess. I mean, when you look at them the last two seasons, second in offensive rating, eighth in off- offensive rating. This year, they've slipped to 16th, and a big reason why is because their shot profile is just absolutely abysmal. You see a team who is taking 38% of their shots from mid-range. That's second among NBA teams, but they're, ta- they're dead last in 
frequency of threes taken. Um, and obviously, you know, Quinn Snyder, he coached these Utah t- Jazz teams over the last couple of years that are just bombing from the outside. You got Trey Young. I expect them to shoot more from the outside. You look at them the last two weeks, they're, they're six in offensive rate and scoring 119 points per one of possessions. So I think they get that offense right. I mean, they're in the AFC right now. I think you can take a flyer on them to make the postseason. And, and I think it's minus eight, um, 180. So on FanDuel. So I do kind of like them. Almost missed a boat on that price. Would have gotten way better than minus 180 a few weeks ago when Brooklyn is playing much better ball. They don't hire Quinn Snyder. But hey, be that as it may, I still think it's a good number. All right. House is going to tell us why he hates betting college basketball in a minute. Uh, I I have a couple of things I want to add as far as my portfolio for futures. There's one team that I, I think all of us might be getting on board with, and it kind of goes against everything I always talk about in college basketball, but we'll get to that. And do we have any idea where uh, Raheem or House in darkness retreats leads to Aaron Rodgers? I, uh, I might go on <laughs> one. I, I don't think I'd last a half hour, but anyway, we'll be right back. All right, House, I know you hate betting college basketball. What game drove you to drink the most over the course of the weekend? Was there one? Well, I I didn't have to go take a drink because I don't bet on college basketball with any frequency. I I will only dabble if I know that I'm going to sit down and watch it. My favorite team, the team that I grew up with, I grew up two miles from the campus of the University of Maryland. I won't gamble on their games because it's still too emotional for me. I don't even want the emotional hedge. But, you know, Kudos to Kevin Willard and, you know, making that team believe they, they they have a talent there in College Park. But in any event, the only thing that I'm willing to do is take a look at whether there's any value on winning the NCAA tournament at this juncture. I mean, all those games Saturday, those crazy uh, turn of events. I'm, imagine having a ticket on Michigan State catching all those points against Iowa no. and watching nope. that happen. Oh, my God. They, that, nope. That's why you don't bet on college basketball. I mean, well, I'll continue to do so. Listen, as crazy <laughs> as it may be, I will continue to do so, and I'll ride the roller coaster and I'll ride the wave. But yeah, I would. Uh, the amount of profanity I'd be using if I had Michigan State guys, I, I don't even think the FCC gets involved in the podcast space. They might have if I had a money, if I had a couple of bucks on that game. By the way, 85 to one house on FanDuel. If you want to get involved with your Terps to win the nah, title. They're not going to win the tournament, but I mean, I like rooting for them. I did buy the Kansas. I went ahead and, and bit down on it just based on the profile of what we're seeing. I liked Alabama the best. I tried to look at my, um, my, my bet sheet, my portfolio to see if I had dabbled in the Alabama market back in the fall. I, some, I missed out on it, which is you know fine. I wouldn't touch them now. Um, and they would have been my choice, but for the extraordinary um, sad situation uh, that, 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 that's going on down there. And I don't want any part of, of them in terms of like just a, a team that has a, a profile, done it before, uh, the way that they've, they play, they're taking care of business at the end of games, little, little, little taste on Kansas is all, you I'm know, normally I hate the idea house of going with the back-to-back champion. Cause Raheem, like history tells us how difficult it is to repeat. It's obviously a very different Kansas team than the one that won last year with a Baji and a, uh, a bunch of the guys who ended up winning it and they cut down the nets against North Carolina. Um, but I do think Kansas has a lot of the ingredients you like. They have shooting. They have the efficiency that I look for in the Ken Palm top 30 offensive and defensive efficiency. That's a big one, guys. If you want to find a team to win a title, you want to be inside both of those numbers. If you're not, 
Odds are you're probably not going to go and win the NCAA championship when it's all said and done. Raheem, I wish I could like fire back at house and say, yeah, it's a repeat. It's not going to happen. I can't really talk him out of Kansas at eight to one. I think it's a good value ticket, dude. I really do. I'm kind of struggling with this one. I mean, obviously, I'm not the big college basketball guy, but, um, you know, Kansas, it, I think they're a solid team, but so much depends on Dewan Harris. Um, and it, it seems like when he's playing well, Kansas is there. When he's not, you just don't know what you're going to get from that team. So um, it, it's tough for me. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. So you're out. Fair enough. You're out. Um mm-hmm. North Carolina, I think, is going to play their way into the tournament. And listen, they're down at 55 to 1. If you want to buy in that they could go and do what they did last year, I'm not. I already donated money. House already donated my money on 35 or 40 to 1. So I'm not doubling down on the count. 55? I mean, I, look, man. I've I've spent $10 on worse things than that than a Carolina ticket at 55 but that's, to 1. See, that's the best thing I think moving forward now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, about the tournament. Go and find like four or five teams now that you like, small wages, nothing crazy, right? Yeah. And there, you know what, House? If you have one of those tickets alive, like for the Elite Eight or the Final Four, it makes it a lot more fun, dude. Tremendous hedge opportunity. You mm-hmm. get that far, that then then you're good, then they, then your money good. I want to get to this. Rogers had his darkness retreat. House, how much would I have to pay you to go on one of those? Uh, how long would I have to be in there for? See, that's the question. 24 hours. <laughs> no, no, no chance. Zero. What about 12 hours? 12 hours I would do because I could sleep 10 of them. 10 See, hours I, don't know I would if I do. Could. Sit quietly for two hours and sleep for 10 hours. Okay, I'll do it. What about you, Raheem? So I have a huge issue with this. This is like, I, I feel like they reappropriated the, the hole in prison and called it a darkness retreat. And just studies about what the hole in jail does to you. Uh, so I'm with house with this one. I'm going to go with 12 hours. I, I can sleep. Um, I can sleep like 10 of them. And then I can just, you know, kind of kill time for the rest of it. I think bef- anything other than that, you're going to come out crazy. <laughs> I couldn't handle more than an hour. I, I think after an hour, I'd be like punching the walls. I'd be like, get me out of this thing. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> so uh, that's to the surprise of no one. House, a couple of picks here. The golf coming up this weekend. Oh, I'm going right there. Fairway rolling. House is outstanding. Podcast, Nathan Hubbard, getting you ready for golf season. Your thoughts, my friend, on my wager on Mr. Fitzpatrick to go and win this tournament. He's played tough courses very, very well. He's got a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens. I am invested in Mr. Fitzpatrick across the board to win this tournament this week. Uh, How do we feel about that? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I hope you you covered off both the the to win odds because the to win odds never really yeah, appropriately. Yeah, top five, top ten. Yeah, I top five to top tens. There you go, and you can do some some head to heads also. He's in the class of guys that I like price wise for this thing. Uh, he's at thirty six to one on Fanduel right now. I mean, the 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 crazy thing is, it's just been. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and Max Homa trading in uh, uh, wins in the in the elevated events thus far, and and we haven't heard from Rory, but Rory has a terrific track record um, at 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 uh, Bay Hill and in in this event. So maybe it's it's Rory's turn, and it's hard to come up with you know a, a an, an alternative to 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 those guys because you know the the whole dynamic is different. We're really just getting our legs under us. What are these elevated events? 
mean? How serious are the guys taking it? And and we the answer is extremely serious because it's an enormous amount of money if you win. So um, you know, it, it's typically you just dismiss the guys at the top of the odd sheet. Fitzpatrick has a great track record at this venue, and the reason that he's available at at thirty six to one on FanDuel right now is because he hasn't had a very good season thus far. But it does seem like perhaps he's just been sort of building himself up to up till now. It's the same kind of uh, position I think with with Rory. There's no value whatsoever in Rory at plus nine fifty. But Rory's played a schedule that's dissimilar from his the, the way he's approached his schedule in the previous decade, which is why I'm 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 a Rory truther, JJ. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for for not showing out at um, uh, Tory or at at uh, Riviera. So, but oh, I like Rory that truther ticket. Yeah, I, I am. we should put that in like the Twitter bio of Joe House. You know, like <laughs> man of many talents, ringer extraordinaire. Rory Truther. Raheem, what do we got? Tuesday night NBA. What are we playing? Okay, so I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers plus nine. I think this line is a little bit high when you look at this Dallas Mavericks team. They're struggling on defense right now, and I just I don't see how you can lay nine points with this Mavericks team. Even though the, the, the defense is, I mean, the offense is rolling, um, I just can't, you can't lay nine points with this team. I, I think this line should be closer to about seven. Um, around where it opened. I just think, you know, this line's moved up a little bit. Public's all on on the Mavericks. I think the Pacers should be able to keep up with them offensively. Um, So that's one I like. All right. I got a couple in college basketball, your favorite house. And I've (laughs) talked about this a lot. The system, and I think a lot of casual bettors are getting in on this, which is the ranked team as an underdog against the unranked team. We had a few instances it over the weekend Carolina took care of business for us. We were happy about that. Uh, TCU, unfortunately, let us down. I believe they were playing Texas Tech. I ended up losing that system play. But I see one, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this and lie to you folks. I have not seen a minute of Boise State play at all this year, but they are laying two and a half points against the 18th team in the country, San Diego State, and their favorite. That's all I need to see. There is my system play of the night. I am taking Boise State. The other one I like, I had Indiana the other day. They're really good. They got a stud NBA player on the team. Mike Woodson's done a phenomenal job coaching the team. But I think they're a short price today, only laying five and a half against Iowa. Everybody's going to bet Indiana after the big win. I will take Iowa to cover five and a half. No ACC for me today. So give me Iowa plus the points and then a system play with Boise State. House, who do we got for the golf? Um, I like the, those guys in that class that we talked about. I, I have a little taste on Victor Hovland, a little taste on former winner at this venue, Terrell Hatton, uh, Billy Horschel played last week. I think it was a warm up for him. All those guys are in that, um, middle class, you know, between 30 and 40 to one odds. I'll be playing them primarily in finishing position, you know, top tens and top twenties, but the tiny little bit of uh, speculation in the, in the two win market. I also have JJ a little bit. What I, the way I like to play the NBA at this stage of, of the season is on the money line parlays. And okay. I don't, you know, it, it's a typically a good way to lose money, but when, when, the, when we're at this point, you know, the funnel is starting to narrow and the sands are dropping through uh, the, the skinny part. I feel like you can find some opportunities all I try and do is build money line parlays that are plus uh, odds, and and I'm taking favorites uh, for the most part. I like uh, the combination of the Memphis Grizzlies at home against 
the uh, LeBron less Lakers, and that's just a, a, a money line play. I like the Hawks at home against the Wizards. The Wizards are not a serious basketball team. And I like the Nuggets on the road at Houston um, just because every opportunity to play against Houston, I'm going to do it. If you put those three together on just a regular old money line parlay, it's plus 104 plus odds on that thing. Even money return. Um, I, I like playing in that kind of space right now. I like the sound of that. All right. We got a whole lot of plays for you, uh, fellas. It was fabulous catching up on a Tuesday. Raheem, real quick, any interest in betting where Rodgers is going to go? Or are we uh, we staying away from that market? Mm, um, this is tough. This is really tough. Do they have any odds up on this yet? So they've been like ever fluctuating. So like I, I, they're they're not like perfectly up to the minute. The last look I saw, the Raiders were a slight favorite. The Jets were second. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to bet. I, I think if you bet Rodgers, you want to bet him to go to the AFC. Um, so I think you can knock out, you know, a lot of the teams there. Um, I, I think I would lean towards the Raiders. I just don't. I agree. I just don't see, you know, Rodgers going to the Jets. I just think the Jets. They probably. I mean, they told Derek Carr that he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I, mean, that's, um, that's, I think that's <laughs> no comment. That's all I'm going to say on that one. No comment. That's probably the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Although I'll tell you this, House. If you ever won a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. They might as well build Derek Carr statues in every single one of the five boroughs. I mean, in all seriousness, forget about the Hall of Fame. You get a statue in every borough if you're going over a bridge or a tunnel or whatever. Come on now. I agree. I agree. I wish that that I uh, Aaron Rodgers would drag this out long enough for the win totals to, to get published. I want somebody to publish some win totals, and then I want to play on him landing in, in, in Vegas and boosting that win total by two games, but it doesn't seem like the timing's going to work out. He's going to come out and announce. I like Vegas a lot. I think that's a great situation. It would be really fun to watch and root for him, and I want to see him in that uh, AFC West. Holy That's cow. a gauntlet, man. Imagine that, that. Awesome. Rodgers in that division with Mahomes and Reed, Herbert and the Chargers, and then the revitalized, perhaps, Denver Broncos with awesome. Sean Payton and Mike Westoff to get the gang back together down there, and we'll see if that can... Uh, Turn Russell Wilson around. All right, fellas. Fabulous job. House, enjoy the nice weather. I got to go clean well, off. Hey, be, be, before we go, before we, go um, I, we, gotta, we gotta discuss this. Um, so, we got the Sacramento Kings yes. in third place right now um, in the Western Conference at 35 and 25. You got the Phoenix Suns at 33 and 29. And I know they traded for Kevin Durant, but the, the, the Suns are two games behind and minus 130 to win the division. You got the Kings at plus 240, and you got the Clippers at plus 460. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think the, I think you got to take a little flyer on the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're up right now. I know they have a, a little bit of a tough schedule, but, I mean, how, how, is the, how are the Suns minus 130? And the, the Clippers are a plus 460. That's the Durant um, value. That That's why, Raheem, because they're – Factoring in basically that Kevin Durant's going to come back and play great with that team. And then just by default, they're going to win the division. And with his injury history and with Paul being the age that he is, I'm with you on that. But I here's my problem, though, with that house. I'm buying regression from the Kings down the stretch of this year. I think that's coming. I kind of think that's inevitable. I agree that they've been punching over their head um, and it's been fun to watch. I mean, really, the culmination of punching over their heads was the way they came back against the Clippers. And I, out of the teams that, that Dream just rattled off odds-wise, I like the Clippers the best. But man, that they, I do they, too. 
They they what, yeah. what, what we've seen out of them uh, from Friday into Sunday. They're they're tough, man. That's a tough team, but they they have an identity crisis. They they're 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 not uh, efficient on both ends when they need to be. They were up fourteen points with four minutes left against the Kings, and let the Kings come all the way back and tie that thing up. Um, now part of that was experimenting with with Russell Westbrook, who continues to play uh, free safety on defense. Um, Sunday's game against uh, Denver, I think, was a much better indication of who these Clippers are and what they they can be. And they're they're you know uh, step for step with, with, with Denver. That was just uh, Joker doing MVP kinds of things was the only difference in that one. Um, but I, I like the Clippers the best at, at the prices that that Raheem just uh, dropped on us. Might fire in on that corporate bet right now, to be honest with you. I, I think you can't play the Suns at this number. I think you can put yourself in a position to where, you know, if you take one of those numbers at plus money, um, either the Kings or the Clippers, you're, there's going to be a, a a way to hedge a little bit later. But I, I, th- I found that interesting, so I wanted to bring it up before we before we left. <laughs> I like a party gift. Phoenix, three games back of Sacramento. The Clippers, three and a half games back of Sacramento. Take that for what it's worth. And if you want to get in on the Warriors, plus four and a half. They are plus four and a half of Sacramento. Not that I think they're catching any of those three particular teams, but those are the numbers. That is what they are. All right, House. All right, Raheem. Enjoy your week. Good job by the War Gone Warrior. Uh, we'll be back later, Friday. Remember, East Coast Bias doubles up now as we hit the home stretch of the NBA season. Final weekend of college hoops, the regular season, conference tournaments next week. A lot cooking. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. Be good, everybody.